You're listening to Test, Learn, Grow, where we believe that all marketing should create value, build trust, and inspire change. This is the Level Agency way. Hey, Miles here from Level, and I am proud to be your podcast host. In every episode of Test, Learn, Grow, I'll be joined by agency team members and other members of the marketing community for radically candid conversations on all things marketing. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Today on the podcast, we are joined by Dale Reether, creative manager and nurturing and automation subject matter expert. So, Dale, thanks for joining us on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Miles. Happy to be here. Excited to get into it. So before we get into it and what all that means, all those multiple titles that, that you've earned, let's find out about Dale, right? So give us a fun fact about Dale, the human, before we get into Dale, the working professional. Fun fact about me, I did an internship in Thessaloniki, Greece at a winery for three months in college, which was an awesome experience. Also a huge fan of all kinds of music, really avid concert geller, and even DJ a little bit in my spare time. That sounds like the coolest internship I've ever heard, by the way. <laughs> Greece for three months making wine or working on a vineyard, at least. That's really cool. Yeah, it was um, it was a surreal experience. I honestly couldn't believe I was there. Um, it was really cool. It was like this winery on Greek countryside, and I did some, some marketing for them. So that was really cool. Besides grapes in Greece. Uh, how, how did you find yourself in a marketing career? You listed some other passions here like music and DJing. How, how does all that fit into a marketing career? Yeah. So, I mean, I've always been interested in going into business and then I obviously have a, a creative side to me too and have been really interested in the arts for a long time. So when I started college, I was actually an accounting major um, and quickly realized that was not for me. And when I really discovered my interest in marketing and design was in this class that we were required to take in college as sophomores, everyone in the business school had to take it. It was called the business cluster. And it wasn't like your normal college course load. It was the only class you would take for two semesters straight. Um, and it was really great exposure to all the different core disciplines of business, marketing, finance, management, analytics. And you took all these classes together with the same people and the same professors worked in these small groups on semester-long projects that were essentially business and industry analysis exercise that informed larger go-to-market strategies. Like, for example, we had to analyze the, the healthy foods industry in Portland, Maine, and develop a comprehensive go-to-market strategy for a new business that we wanted to start there. And you would do like brand identity stuff and financial projections, all the stuff that, that businesses do. So anyways, this class and these projects really got me exposed to the larger picture and all the moving pieces that it takes to run a business. That's when I really started to think about marketing as being sort of an artist in the business world. And that's still to this day that really why I enjoy doing it. Reminds me of a podcast I like besides this one. So thank you for all you listening to this one. But it's called Math and Magic uh, by Bob Pittman. And he founded MTV, and I think he's the CEO of iHeartMedia right now. But he talks about that, about math, like the data side, and then magic, the creative side, and how there is a bit of that magic that comes from just the creative bend to things. And when you combine it with the data, like we like to do here, really cool things happen. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's jump into the creative side, the magic of Dale Reether here. 
creative manager and nurturing and automation subject matter expert. What does that mean? What, what does it mean to be a creative manager? And then we'll spend most of our time on nurturing and automation and how we bring that to bear for clients. Yeah. So to be a creative manager, I mean, I'm, I'm helping drive awesome work for our clients that looks obviously great and is visually appealing. But as you kind of mentioned, working the data side into it, really focusing on testing strategies and analyzing that on an ongoing basis to make sure we're getting into an optimized place in terms of the creative, the copy, messaging. That's, that's really my focus as a creative manager. And then my role as a nurturing subject matter expert is really about driving innovation and best practices across the agency for customer nurturing and automation. Yeah, I'd love to just quickly define that. Like, what is nurturing? And then what do we mean by automation? How do the two complement each other? Yeah, for sure. So nurturing a customer, in my mind, really means giving them the right information at the right time as they're working through their path of purchase. You know, it's really about giving them the content they need to do a few things, helping them identify a problem that they might have or their organization might have, and that there is a solution to that problem. That's more the awareness piece of it, I think. Next is really showing them why a client solution or organization solution is the right one for them to be able to solve that problem, and then giving them the resources that they need to conduct that research. Yeah, so you, you broke down the pieces of nurturing. Like, what does it mean to nurture? And you, you talked about all the different steps and giving the content at the right time, even to know that, like to know what is the right content at the right time. Some work has to happen before you can now implement that as part of a nurturing process. So yeah. can you speak more to the build up to nurturing, the things that allow us to hit go on a nurturing campaign? Yeah, so I think um, a really good first step that's pretty essential to a good nurture strategy is having the proper CRM set up. So making sure you're organizing all your customer data in a way that you can determine what stage of the buying journey they're in through things like lead scoring. This is going to help you deliver that right message at the right time. You know, you're, you're not going to know what the right time is and where people are if you don't have that data organized in, in the way that's going to tell you. So. That's really a, a good first step to a good nurture strategy. And then really just mapping it out, you know, taking the time to think about who your prospects are and what they need, being empathetic to the buying process and really trying to put yourself in their shoes. This is going to help you realize what types of content you need to develop. What do people need when they don't know your brand or maybe don't even know that they have a problem your solution can solve? This is going to be way different than what someone needs that has already been doing that research and getting ready to make that decision. So being able to identify where people are through the data they are able to collect through a, a marketing automation platform or a CRM, really important to set that up. And then really just trying to map it out and visualize that, I think are two really good first steps. Yeah, what comes to mind for me when we talk about nurturing, have you heard of the platinum rule? I have not. Instead of the golden rule. So the golden rule famously is treat others the way you want to be treated. But the platinum rule, the take on that is treat others the way they want to be treated. I might not want to be treated the way you want to be treated, Dale. Right. right? So it's gold for you, but not for me. I feel like that plays really well in the nurturing as we're mapping out this customer journey and who they are and what's important to them at each stage. We're giving them the platinum experience. It's what do they need? What do they want? Where they're at? Instead of just saying, on the golden rule, well, I like this email I'm about to send out. Let's send it out to everybody, regardless of what stage right. they're in, because I think it's great. And cool, you think it's great, but that's not going to be what's the most effective. It's not what, that, what each person needs in that moment. 
So that just popped in my head. I think it's a really good just metaphor here for this. Because what have you seen in your experience with nurturing? When you go from that send everybody the same thing approach to tailor messages and creative for each stage somebody's in, what happens to things like conversion metrics when we implement a successful nurturing campaign like this? I mean, they go up, long story short. Whenever you're giving people the right content at the right time um, and you're segmenting it a little bit more, you can see the results pretty immediately. A good analogy that I was actually talking to uh, Lawrence, who's on my team about, is asking someone to buy something from your brand when they don't know who you are at all is like asking someone to marry you on the first date. Right. Um, <laughs> it's true. Much. Um, you, you need, it, it's something that happens over time and you need to build that trust and tell them why they should be your customer, why they should marry you. Same, same kind of thing. It's a little weird to, to come out of the gate like that. So, um, I think really understanding, like when people are still in that figuring it out phase, you need to support them in that and not just be, Hey, give me some money, give me your information. That's not how people operate in the real world. And I think you got to. Take that into consideration whenever you're crafting a strategy around this kind of stuff. Totally. In addition to the marriage visual there, I always like to think of it like a, an in-person networking event, right? If you're at the Chamber of Commerce, you got a drink in your hand, you're going up, you're chatting to people. We've all seen and been targeted by that like insurance salesman is typically what it ends up being, right? He's right. trying to get me to switch over my IRA. He knows my name and immediately launches into a sales pitch. And I know nothing else about him. It turns you off versus... What brings you to the event today? What do you do? And listening more than you talk. And there's ways that we can do that with nurturing, right? And and then and then speak when you're ready. And then giving that right message, whether you're speaking in person or through this email message digitally. Yeah, it's really more about giving than taking. You need to give people the value instead of just asking to take something from them. So what's a typical like nurturing sequence? I know every, everything's different, but if you break down a a basic sequence of how we move people through the different phases. What would that look like? I mean, you really look at it from a funnel perspective, like we do with a lot of things in marketing. So um, we're looking at the top being more of that awareness stage, moving into evaluation and then consideration or, or buying of your product. So in the awareness phase, people are really still trying to figure out what the issue they're having even is or if there are solutions, what are the solutions? And some things that you can do there in terms of content to give them the information, start kind of that thought leadership right off the bat with your brand, things like ebooks, white papers, you know, more informational stuff that's going to help educate them on the solution and the problems at hand that you help to solve. And when you move more into the evaluation stage, that's where people are probably aware of your brand at this point, aware of other people that do similar things. And are really doing that research gathering, looking into the data, probably talking to some some colleagues and, and really digging into the internet and, and seeing what the different solutions are and what's best for them. So like things you can really leverage there are webinars, teaching people about your solutions, more education stuff, comparison charts, how do you stack up against competitors, really just supporting what they're doing with your content. They're trying to figure it out for themselves them doing. Then when you move more into that consideration buying phase, that's that's when people are really looking at what is it going to take for me to be a customer? What that What is that going to look like? And some things you can do to help support that thinking and thought process for them is 
things like free trials, live demos. They get to know someone on your team. They get to get in there and try the platform for themselves. And the other thing that we're really seeing right now is even a shift away from people wanting to talk to a salesperson and it being a little bit more self-serve. So we've seen things like free trials and even on-demand demos and things like that starting to work even better. Following that line of thinking, the shift towards not wanting to speak to a human and you know, more people are using text messages as an example instead of calling to get to, or chatbots, right? right? How does nurturing apply to things like that in addition to just email marketing? Email marketing is like the typical go-to, right? Like the series of emails you can nurture. Is there a way to apply the same framework to a chatbot as an example or through sending SMS out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's all omni-channel, right? It's just about which phase they're in and what you're delivering to them. You can leverage all these things. I mean, you could take the same kind of thinking to, to all those different things. And now how does nurturing differ from other paid media efforts like remarketing? I hear them lumped together in conversations a lot, but I, I know they're different. But I'd love to hear your take on why they're different and maybe things you should do with one and not with another. Yeah, so in, in my mind, nurturing is more of a strategy while retargeting is more of a tactic. You know, it's a it's a great lever you can pull in your nurturing strategy, but it's not the complete picture. You know, you can retarget people all day long, but if you're not reaching them with the right message for where they are in that journey, then it's not going to be very effective. So I look at it that way. It's more of a lever to pull than a strategy. What you said earlier about taking the time to really define who are we talking to and what stage of the process they're in. What's neat about investing the time to do that is now then email nurturing becomes a tactic as well. And the overall strategy, like you said, the omni-channel approach is who are we talking to and what do they care about? And then now what's the best way to do this? Is it email? Is it with a re remarketing display ad, text? You can leverage then all the tactics for each stage once you know the stages. If you don't know the stages, you're just throwing a bunch out there and crossing your fingers that it works, which you know, hope's not a strategy, right? Yeah. yeah. You don't want to take that blanket approach to, to nurturing. You know, people are doing research in different places in different phases. And that's, that's something you got to consider whenever you're thinking about things like, am I going to use remarketing? Am I going to use email? Am I going to use text message? It really just depends on the time and place and putting yourself in that person's mindset and, and thinking about how they're, they're going about it. So I might've just answered this question for you, but I'm going to still ask it. Maybe there's other things. I just kind of gave an example of what people do wrong, right? So in your shoes, as a subject matter expert, is there something you see most people doing incorrectly when it comes to nurturing? And if, if so, what is it? And then what's the fix? What's, what's the opposite right thing they should be doing instead of that wrong thing? Well, I think, um, like you just said, blanketed approach. First, some people do no nurturing at all, which if you're not doing nurturing at all, start it now. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's very unlikely that someone's going to become a customer of yours after seeing one ad or one email. Yeah, if we pause there, right? Here you're saying do it now. So if I'm listening it and I'm like, oh crap, Dale, I don't, I'm not doing anything. They don't have to start with some lengthy, long nurturing sequence, right? What are some like singular nurturing efforts they could implement quickly for some quick wins? Yeah. I mean, it really depends on, on your industry. You know, e-commerce, really easy ones are like new customer emails for, for people that are new subscribers to 
your site. Um, abandoned cart emails, those are really easy ones to spin up in, in any marketing automation platform. For B2B, you know, just one to two email series after someone fills out a form on your website, letting them know that you received the, the communication and you're on it, you're going to, you're going to get back out to them. I think, um, that's something that gets overlooked sometimes, you know, it's, it's not fair to guess someone whenever, uh, they fill out a form on your site. And I think it leaves them kind of like, all right, um, what's next? It, and it's also the immediacy piece, right? Like everything's moving at warp speed now. Um, the expectations around how fast someone is going to get back with the information you're looking for is, is higher than ever. So. Just some, just some quick one series emails, MVP approach, but just start doing it. Start collecting the data and, and you can figure it out from there. In those examples of like in the B2B space, because a lot of people think e-com when we talk about this topic, right? Like you mentioned the abandoned carts and sending out a, a promo or things like that, right? Like, welcome, here's 10% off your first order, those sorts of things. But for B2B, it could be they filled out a form. So here's what the next steps in the sales process looks like. It could be an email, like when you can expect a phone call from a rep, or here's the latest blog article, things that we could be doing through nurturing to educate people so that by the time they do talk to somebody, they have a better idea of what they want or which questions to ask, and we can reach that buying decision quicker. Absolutely. You're right. It is kind of preconceived that um, people associate this with e-com, but it's almost even, it's important for everybody. It's almost even more important for B2B companies because it's such a long sales cycle and usually people are making decisions in large groups that are going to have a real effect on the company and their huge sales on the B2B side. So being able to educate them and stay in contact with them over the course of that sales cycle and keep reminding them of the brand, giving them the materials that they need to make that decision is almost even more important. For, for B2B, in my opinion. And just like you said, other examples of some things that you can do in B2B, like free trials, I think is a big thing right now. It's for real. People are looking for more of a B2C experience when they're buying these larger B2B products now. Um, and just a quick example of some things you can do is like, if you know somebody's in a 14-day free trial, they submit, they, they start their free trial. It's like, hey, thanks for signing up. We're glad to have you. Here's what you should check out here, here, and here first. Two days later, send them another email. Here's some tips and tricks on how to make the, the most of your 14-day free trial. Another couple of days. Hey, hope you're enjoying it. Here's the key features that you should be leveraging if you're a seller or if you're what a, you can even get as granular as like if you have different audience personas and you know they're going to use that platform differently, you can give them. But, uh, that's a little bit of a tangent. And then, um, like at the end of the free trial, it's like, all right, it's over. You want that person to take the next step. Give them the tools to take the next step. We're, we're starting to get on the automation side of things, right? We've we defined nurturing pretty well. The second half of your SME designation is automation. So let's talk about that. What does automation mean in the context of nurturing? Yeah, I mean, most people think of email automation whenever they think marketing automation, but there's a lot of things around you know, lead scoring, you can even automate some of your, your retargeting in terms of updating some of those lists, but really around, you know, email automation and lead scoring is kind of where I'm at right now. And give yourself a favor, 
automate as much as possible so you can focus on the important things like messaging and content, what you're saying to these people so you're not doing the heavy legwork trying to identify, all right, is this person ready for this piece of content? Set up lead scoring so you so the platforms are telling you when to do that. You can set up all those rules ahead of time. And same with email automation. I mean, the, you're one person or like people are off in the evenings. Like you're not going to be able to get back to people as fast as they're expecting now. Set it up so whenever somebody submits a form, somebody places an order, someone abandons a cart, like it's happening like that. It gives them the immediacy they're looking for and it takes that work off your shoulders so you can focus on some of the more important stuff rather than the logistics of it. Yeah, what you're saying sounds simple, but if you don't have these things in place, it means there's a human being literally sifting through every lead that comes in, trying to figure out, is this a good lead or not? Hey, which salesperson should I even forward this to to follow up? And then that person has to follow up and they're going to do it a different way than the next guy who follows up. And so I think it's easy to downplay this, right? The importance of it. It, may, it sounds very easy. And in many ways, it can be simple. The How you customize it is where it gets complex and how you update it based on how people interact gets complex. But I think what's great about it is that it does prove prove out how important consistency is, right? Like, And it frees up human beings to do human being things and important things like you mentioned strategy and, and bigger picture items. And there's less of a need for the monotonous, you know, administrative stuff that can weigh people down and gets prioritized over other things that can move your business forward. So it's very, it's very important because I know there's business owner out there right now listening saying, this doesn't sound like that big a deal (laughs) until you realize what it means. And once it's operationalized, this can do, this can effectively do like three people's jobs. If you've got all those admin things in place and those people can be reallocated in the company elsewhere to be more effective, bringing more leads in instead of just sifting through what's already there. Absolutely. I mean, it's a huge time saver. And just one other tangent on the consistency piece, if you're not, if you don't have a level of consistency with how you're following up the people, you're skewing your data. Right. Um, Because it's one person might follow up to another person differently um, and something might work and something might not in the way they did it. And you're never going to know that if it's not consistent. That's really where you get into the testing and you're treating everybody the same and you have the control and your variable and you can figure out what's working. Um, if you're doing it manually and it's not consistent, then you know it's going to be really hard to take some significant insight from that. Absolutely. It's hard to know what's working then to grow your business. Right. So once you know it's working, you can scale that out to other business units and there's a, there's a lot of positive takeaways for sure. For sure. So if you had to break down our whole conversation, Dale, into Dale's top three things to think about when we're talking about nurturing and automation, what would those top three things be? Yeah. So um, top three things that I would say that make a good nurturing automation, well, nurturing strategy, because automation is one of those three things. Purposeful messaging content, you know, what do these people need at this point in their journey to help them make a good decision? Second, marketing automation, you want to automate nurturing tactics wherever possible, gives you more time back, gives you the consistency and and allows you to do some more thinking that's thoughtful around messaging and content. And third, being omni-channel, you know, you should be leveraging multiple platforms, not just email, 
social media display search when when nurturing your customers it really just depends on where they're at and and what your product is on where you might reach them at different phases but um it's definitely an omni-channel approach a lot of good takeaways from this one man a lot of easy spots for people to get started so i appreciate your time and the knowledge drop you just put into like 25 minutes here we got a lot in in a short amount of time so i appreciate it and i look looking forward to having you back on the show to talk more things creative and what I like about our conversation, it was equal parts, the creative side and the data side. That's really cool. Just to highlight that real quick. Of That's where things are moving. It's not just one without the other. It's almost impossible to have a conversation about one without talking about the other. And Absolutely. you proved that out today. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to come back. This was awesome. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Test, Learn, Grow from your friends at Level Agency. For more information on what we do here at Level, be sure to visit us online at www.level.agency. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And until next time, remember that the best way to do any sort of marketing is to test, learn, and grow.